0: The Animation Podcast, February fourth, two thousand eight. Support for the Animation Podcast comes from AnimationMentor.com, the online animation school. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter containing student profiles, animation tips, and access to this year's upcoming Animation Mentor exclusive Animation Podcast at AnimationMentor.com. Go infinity! Infinity infinity! Watch
1: this! Go! Meet me. That's it. Walk on the eyes of each man. Hey, right on the button. <laughs> don't let me fill it. Hey, man. People out of hands are dead. Right on the button. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I'd like to work with you. Mr. you don't you will join me for dinner
0: like this little britches and beyond hey everybody this is clay welcome to episode number 23 of the animation podcast when i was an intern at disney my friend sean and i would creep around the studio and try to meet all the animators and when we met james baxter he had already supervised bell and Rafiki, and at the time he was animating quasimodo uh, after that james went to dreamworks where he animated and supervised animation on prince of egypt *El Dorado*, spirit shrek 2 and madagascar and his most recent work was creating the animation for Enchanted at his own studio, James Baxter Animation. James is definitely considered to be the best by many animators, and I'm really thankful he could take the time to talk with me, and that you get to listen in. So please enjoy part one of my interview with James Baxter. Okay, I, I didn't do a, a scientific survey or anything, but I think if you ask most people uh, who are the best animators in the world, top three always are going to include you, I'm pretty sure. Wow, I'm so. Blushing cars are honking their horns for you Uh, okay so uh you studied animation for a couple years
1: well officially for one i guess oh really i went to um west sorry college of art and design which is south of london and uh, that was after i'd done a um, one-year foundation course in art um at cambridge tech which i guess now is east anglia polytechnic um so i lived in cambridge for a little while uh, and the foundation course is really cool because you get to like stretch your wings and do all sorts of different things for a year. So I did a bit of ceramics and I did some uh, graphic design and um, I did some painting and, and you know all sorts of stuff like that for a year, which was really cool. Um, but then I got into the audiovisual department at, at Cambridge Tech there for a while and um, started doing little animated films on sixteen millimeter there. Mm-hmm. Um, and figured out that, that's really what I wanted to do. Yeah, then, then I went to West Surrey, <laughs> which was really the only school in the country at that time which offered um, a course which was uh, a major, you know, in animation. Um, it was very experimental, though. Um, it wasn't like CalArts' character program, mm-hmm. I think it was probably even more experimental than the experimental program at CalArts. Um, and uh, so <laughs> I didn't really fit in with that very much. Um, you know, I, I like experimental film, but it, it, it was sort of done at the expense of any real grounding in animation, you know, in Mm -hmm. character animation Mm -hmm. specifically. So, uh, myself and a few friends at, in that course, you know, just sort of tried to start teaching ourselves, you know. And I think I probably would have just kept on with the course um, if uh, Roger Rabbit hadn't happened mm-hmm. in London.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and the people that you were studying with, are they still in animation? Mm-hmm. Are they?
1: Yeah, uh, one of my best friends, Neil Boyle, um, is still in London and uh, had his own studio for a long time, um, You know, doing commercials and big chunks of Space Jam and <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> things like that. He's, um, we both started out in Roger Rabbit and, he, um, and David Bowers, as well, who's directing at DreamWorks. Okay. Um, you know, he directed Flushed Away. And uh, uh, Mick Harper, as well, is still uh, in effects animation. Um, so, yeah, it's a little group of us which kind of left that school after a year.
0: And So it seems like, you know, this group of people are all doing stuff now. Was that, like, mm-hmm. the only school in your area that was yeah. teaching animation? Yeah. Before you went to the school, were you into animation, or did, was it something you just discovered and, and, and got into?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I was always into, I mean, drawing number one, since Uh I was, you know, four years old and just was drawing all the time. And I would draw, um, you know, I'd make up my own, I would even draw graphics and and, like crazy lettering and stuff (laughs) like that. But I would just be drawing, um, everything all the time. I I got into, I guess when I was about 11 or 12, I got into a big Frank Frazetta phase and I would like like, try to copy his, his paintings and stuff like that. And my... My what is now my brother-in-law, who was at the same school about three years ahead of me, uh, four years ahead of me, walk over and say, "Hey, that's a Molly Hatchet album cover," because <laughs> <laughs> he was heavily into heavy metal at the uh-huh, time. Uh-huh. I said, "No, no, it's a Frank Rosetta painting." I said, No, it's a Molly Hatchet <laughs> album cover. Um, so I would do that, and um, but just yeah, I'd be drawing all the time. But and I would draw Disney characters too. Um, but I wasn't one of the guys that. You know, I found out later that, you know, from CalArts, there have been guys that have been drawings, like slavishly drawing cartoon characters since they were, you know, little. Mm -hmm. And I really wasn't one of them. I didn't really have the cartoon character formula thing down at all when I first started. I was influenced by um, Richard Williams. I think also a little by Terry Gilliam. Some of the first stuff I ever did was cutouts, Uh just to get the timing quickly done. You know, it was complete Terry Gilliam rip-off stuff that I did. (laughs) Um, I suppose when I first started getting into actually thinking I could do animated films when I was about 16, I guess, and started messing around doing little pencil tests, Mm -hmm. I think the first stuff I ever really did pencil tests on was more um, in the style of, like, Heath Robinson. Um, Do you know who that is? No, I don't. I'm nodding my head yes, but I don't know. He's (laughs) an illustrator from, from, like, I guess the... The twenties and thirties, yeah. Uh, he did kids' books and uh-huh. stuff, and I had some of his kids' books, so I just started drawing in that style. It wasn't in a Disney cartoony style so much.
0: Was it realistic? It's not
1: particularly realistic, um, but it's you know it's very fanciful, but it's not Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: hmm.
1: um, it's sort of a it sort of comes out of like Arthur Rackham and and that that sort of school of drawing, and so when I got into animation. You know, it was a real had a steep learning curve yeah. for me to like know how to draw a Disney character.
0: When you were at school, so you, you heard about Roger Rabbit, and you just just decided to go show your real. Well, you yeah, reel, we,
1: were, we were all really big fans of Richard Williams, and that was, I suppose, like the ultimate goal for kids like me who are into character animation in England. That's sort of where you think you could possibly end up. Would be at like Dick Studio, um, who was in Soho Square doing commercials, basically, and working on The Thief. And I'd seen a, a, a British documentary. There's a series called The South Bank Show, and they had one just on Dick and, um, about the thief. And I saw the footage on that show. and was just, like, blown away. And thought, oh, that's, oh, that's amazing. I want to do that. Um, so I was heavily influenced by that um, show and, you know, and subsequently all the commercials that I saw him do. Mm-hmm. Very broad in terms of their stylistic range and, and stuff. But there were a lot of cool commercials being done in England at that time. Um, in the 80s, and Eric Goldberg was doing great stuff at, at uh, Pizzazz, and the Purdoms were doing really good stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of really cool commercials happening. And that's kind of where someone like me thought they could end up, you know, if you really tried hard. But no, there was no sort of real dream of going to America. It was kind of like, well, that's not going to happen. Oh, okay, That's kind of out of the question, I suppose. But then uh, during our first year at, at uh, college... We heard about Roger Rabbit, which was sort of this, oh, my gosh, it's like Disney and Spielberg and Richard Williams and Industrial Light and Magic all rolled into one thing. And we were all, like, just geeking out completely and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just freaking out that this was happening in London. So, oh, it's not going to happen again. we got to do something. So we all, like, um, ran over there uh, during the summer break and uh, just showed our stuff and said, please give us a job.
0: So you got in, like, as in-betweeners?
1: Yeah, actually, very. even before in-betweeners, they had a thing called Blue Sketch, which is not the same as Layout Blue Sketch. It was was actually tracing um, the live-action stats in blue pencil, or at least the important parts, like Bob Hoskins' eyes or anything the animated character was touching on him, like his tie or whatever. We would trace those frame-by-frame onto sheets of animation paper so that some of the animators wouldn't have to have a whole big stack of photo stats and animation paper on that. So they could do it easier. Oh, you
0: know. So they would draw right on your... Paper. Yeah,
1: they would draw right on the blue yeah. sketches, you know. So I did that for you know, a little while and then and then was constantly being, like, pestering animators and stuff for model sheets and would start doing little tests on mm-hmm. lunch break. And so they
0: had all the equipment so you could... Yeah, it was that, great.
1: Yeah. It was like, oh, real animators. Yeah, so that was really cool. And I uh, got moved into in-betweening for a while. and was, had a really good uh, grounding in, in in-betweening. Um worked on Andreas Deja's crew mm-hmm. as an in-betweener. And uh, his cleanup key was called Sue Baker. And she was really good, but very, very demanding. Like, really demanding in terms of accuracy. And she would, like, get out her little ruler and measure things. Even on, like, far-apart drawings... She would like measure the buttons on the weasel's coat. And so this one's three millimeters, and this one's four. And let's see what your one is, you know. And she, wow. she, really would pound it into you. That's good, though. Like to be I mean, super I, accurate. I
0: worked with like Brian Clift, and yeah,
1: yeah. It so, was hard, but it,
0: yeah. I, I'm thankful now.
1: I'm glad, you know. I'm really glad I went through that because you have. I think as an animator, you have to understand all the people that have to do it behind yeah. you. Yeah, you know, uh, to understand what follow-up has to do. I think it's invaluable.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of a one of the problems with CG is that you don't really have those follow-up departments as much. Yeah. So there's not really a, a, a place to learn. You just are either an animator right, yeah, or you're... Yeah,
1: right, it's like trial by fire, isn't it? It's like you're one thing or the other. There's yeah. no, it's a hard thing to have an apprenticeship in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah.
0: And uh, on Roger Rabbit, uh, did you have much interaction with Richard Williams?
1: Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, more as I sort of got... Um, you know, it was a it was a crazy production in terms of like they were just desperate to get it done, and 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 it would have been just so much harder you know, even a few years later for me to have have risen as fast as I did because it was really you know it was like battlefield promotions, so that <laughs> you know it's like anyone can do this, do it. You know, there wasn't like a review board or you know <laughs> things like that you had to go through. So I would just like do tests, and and Andreas would say you should. Dick, you should look at this guy's test. They said, "Oh, great, yeah, but don't give him anything yet. You know, just give him something like that. You know, just give him. Uh, I don't know, let him do some keying for a while. You know, um, but even that wouldn't have happened so fast. I think had it not had they not been desperate for uh-huh. the footage. Uh-huh. So.
0: Well, uh, in um, in Nick's interview, Nick Ranieri, he yeah. talked about like you did a shot of like a foot pressing on a gas pedal, right, or a hand pulling a like a brake knob or something like that. Yeah, and uh, he said even those shots." Th- People were blown away by these (laughs) shots, (laughs) and I'm just trying to imagine what. What do you think it is about this? Because your animation definitely has like I don't want to say a style, but it does have a feel, you know. And it's,
1: it's, I think. I mean, I'm still learning all sorts of things all the time. But I think the thing that came to me quickest was probably the understanding of how things move in terms of their. You know, the way that they move in space and, and, you know, it it took me a lot longer to to try and conquer things like good communication and character and drawing and expressions and acting and the really important stuff. But I think from (laughs) the get-go, I sort of had this, um, you know, I don't want to call it built-in, but I understood it rather quickly, Mm -hmm. like the spacing issue. Right, right. I think The that's weight issue. The word,
0: the word that I would use is spacing. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I, I, when I talk to most people that have worked with you, yeah. they always talk about how you hammer in spacing. Spacing is so important. And I think it's something that a lot of people either neglect or they
1: don't think about. I think I only say that because I think people neglect it. I And I, I have mixed feelings about it because I always think that, gosh, I hope nobody thinks I think it's, like, the only thing. Right. You know, the the, the technical aspects of animation is the only thing. I think what, I think what I try and do is just fill a void in that I don't see anyone else teaching it, mm-hmm. so I jump in there. Right, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I hope everyone understands that I don't think it's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the performance is the most important thing. Yeah, you know, in character animation. Um, but maybe it's my comfort zone. I mean, may- because I think it's the thing I understood most easily. Um You know maybe i uh, I jumped to that quite easily in terms of being able to explain it,
0: yeah, well, like uh I heard Will Vinton talking about stop motion, and uh, once they got computers in, they said that they could really tweak the spacing and they could get it to look as smooth as c g right, but they didn 't realize that it had that stop motion look because of the spacing, yeah you know, until they they saw the difference side by side so right it all it all hooks up, so uh, yeah
1: yeah, but even when I started framing through animation which is what I did slavishly, uh, animation and live action, when I first started thinking I wanted to animate. You know, VCRs were invented when I was about seven (laughs) or something. (laughs) So I was like, you know, in there with my frame by frame on all sorts of things, Mm -hmm. you know, for quite a few years, just like figuring out how things move frame by frame. How do you you break that down? I mean, it... I, cause I didn't write it down i just sat there watching it for uh-huh. for a long time Because
0: so i think a a young like animation student might sit there and start framing through stuff and it's just so much that it would just and, and like, like what the hell here, am i looking for you go know in one ear and out the other yeah yeah no i so, can see that but uh do you just i mean do you just like look at how a hand works or how a foot works or or the body in general or yeah, just or the body in general blinks and yeah. all those things yeah, yeah.
1: Um. Just, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, try and make. I try to make mental notes. I'm. I think the thing about me, which you know, some people don't get, or, or like, um, I don't know. I don't know if it freaks them out or whatever. I'm very good at looking at something moving, and then being able to reproduce it. I'm not actually very good at recognizing. I'm better at recognizing somebody from a hundred yards away from the rear by the way they're walking, mm-hmm. rather than closer up. I see. <laughs> Okay <laughs> I mean, my wife is very good at recognizing people's facial features and can tell you who someone is from their baby picture. I can't do that okay, but I can tell you i can I can animate something that I've seen move yeah you know yeah if i if i I can see it move then I've got a pretty good idea of how to animate it uh-huh yeah so i I guess that's kind of the the thing that I have if I've got anything
0: okay and um I guess that goes back to the Richard Williams things and why he's, people kind of instantly saw something nice about your work um what other types of stuff did you animate on roger rabbit
1: well like I, like you said i i started off animating uh hand and feet shots uh-huh. um and then i got this um andreas was in a panic because he had this 24 foot shot or a 20 something foot shot of roger and the weasel the smart ass weasel Um, when Roger's in the sink and he and it was like we got to do this in a week or something because they they need the footage or whatever and I can't do both characters can you try doing this character and before he had actually before that he had given me some of um, the weasel's follow through action to animate Mm -hmm. so I'd I'd been animating his watch chain you know for a few shots you know um, so it would just speed Andreas up and he wouldn't have to go through and do it but he saw I, I I had done a couple of tests at school um I'd done a dog with, with with a chasing a bone that was dangling on a string. And I think he really liked the way I did the bone on the string. <laughs> it looked really cool. So I'm like could kind of probably do this watch chain. I'll give it to him. So I did that and he really liked it. So I think he felt comfortable at least, you know, trying me out on a on a character. And that was a crazy week for me. I just worked the entire like god knows how many hours you yeah. know one of those crazy yeah. i mean young kid 90 week hours you know something ridiculous yeah. you know i was sleeping at the studio to do this one shot um and uh yeah and it turned out okay and and uh and uh, yeah everyone was pretty happy with that That was the first time i'd ever done dialogue mm-hmm. was uh that shot and it's it's kind of touch and go if you look at it (laughs) it's like okay it almost works
0: and uh was that like reviewed by williams yeah so
1: he yeah he got to see that and then i got too big for my boots and started like uh not showing him enough stuff and (laughs) so they started giving me my bigger shots after that right and and so i think oh yeah i can do this I'll i'll animate this and then uh I needed, like, smacking down a bit. Uh-huh. So they said, no, you got to show the director what you're doing. You can't just go off and do stuff. I remember a one shot I did was um, uh, one of the weasels uh, grabbing onto this big um, basket of stuff in the Acme um, factory. He's like...
0: On the net? Yeah, think, on the yeah. net, where
1: he lands. He goes, and he, and he, I can't even remember the name of that weasel. The one with those switchblades.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, um, so I'd... I'd Done it, and I and I went way too far, and I kind of all tied it down and, and stuff like that, and I showed his dick, and he and he goes, yeah, 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 no, 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 you can't, you can't draw your ass, <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, come, you know, bring me the drawing, and I and I had to stand behind Dick's shoulder while he w- he went over my drawings, and and Dick was this crazy amazing guy that could do like. Um, Uh, animation straight ahead on ones, you know. You can kind of see it sometimes Mm -hmm. when he does it. But um, he went over my drawings, like, straight ahead on ones in, in like, an ink pen, (laughs) right on the drawings. You know, like, no, you do it like this. I'm going to do it in ink right on your drawing. (laughs) Wow, yeah. How old were you? 20. 20, yeah. Scary. (laughs) That was good. It was, like... No, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you know, go to the director or the supervisor or whoever it is, and make sure you're doing the right thing. You know, you can't just go off on your own.
0: That's funny. That's like the ultimate smackdown, though, to go over your stuff with pin oh, on a straight ahead. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, no, I never did that again. It was great.
0: Uh, Nick described him as as pretty explosive.
1: Sure, but so much. You have so much respect for him. Yeah. You know, uh, but he's yeah, he's just a character. Yeah, yeah, I love Dick. Yeah. I still, you know, see Dick when he comes to town.
0: Yeah, you said, uh, you can't draw your ass. That's like a totally old school animation I know, term. It's more, it's like we, we, I saw that on paper once, and I was 50s. like, is that a typo? Is it? Yeah. it was like, uh, I forget who they're talking about. They said the guy could draw his ass, and it was yeah. like, that is the most bizarre statement I've ever heard. That's
1: a quote. That's, it's exactly what he said. But I was um, really blessed, I think, to start out on that project. Mm-hmm. Um, just very lucky to, to do something with... You know, such great animators around me. You know, it, it just built really good habits right from the get-go. Right. You know, I didn't have to like go through any sort of TV animation or anything. It was like intense with no shortcuts right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was it was this thing that all had to be done on ones, and it was this thing that all had to match this crazy live action, and and you were trying to draw classic characters as well. You know, so it was like this really intense start. You know. Yeah. That you couldn't I couldn't have gotten on any other project, I don't mm-hmm. think,
0: and you, know. you said before that you weren't like that into Disney particularly, right. but after that was it like hey I could do this for a long time, or
1: no, I think I was still struggling, I struggled and, and I still do, <laughs> but i you know I struggled through little mermaid too mm-hmm. i uh, couldn't draw Ariel at all, and i i I should probably use this opportunity right now to apologize to Glenn <laughs> for not drawing her properly and not going to him enough, uh-huh. You know, I was think I was still in that young guy. I don't need to go to somebody thing. You know, it wasn't it wasn't good, and you know I should have uh, you know tried harder to uh, you know get the from the source, get the model from the source. Mm-hmm. You
0: know? Was that a big deal to move to California? Or
1: yeah, it was fun though. It was exciting. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't nervous about it. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot of people email me from all over the world saying, you know, they don't live in the United States, so they think they're out of the market for animation, but it doesn't really work that way, right? I mean, basically, if you're good enough, the studio will do their best to get you into the country, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I
1: think if you're, well, one, you've got to be good enough, and I think you've got to have a little bit of luck, but you can kind of manufacture that luck if you're good enough. Yeah. You know, just by keep pressing and finding the right people to show your stuff to. Yeah, it's like I don't. don't But if if you are really good, then they will. They will find you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I tell people. It's it's (laughs) not about where you are. It's it it has nothing to do with it, really.
1: Yeah, William Salazar comes from Corsica. (laughs) How many people can point to Corsica on a map? Right, right. You know, and uh, he's amazing, amazing animator.
0: Um, On uh, Little Mermaid, you worked on that for I guess two years.
1: Yes, it was. Yeah, however long, eighteen months. I didn't come right at the very beginning. I wasn't there at the very beginning. Uh-huh. I missed the first few months, I think. Yeah. And you worked with Andreas a lot on that. Yeah, because I think and- Andreas was like one of the few people I knew, you know, from uh, Roger Rabbit. I mean, I knew Andreas, I knew Phil Nibblink and I knew Dave Spafford, but not that many more people than that. And Nick Crenier, I knew him. So you know, coming over here, yeah, I suppose it was natural that that, um, and I'd worked on Andreas's crew, so was, uh, he knew my work best, mm-hmm. right? And he was. You know, one of the ones that was championing me to get into the studio. You know, and said, you should hire this kid over here, you know, which I'm forever grateful for. And uh, so, yeah, I started working on his crew on King Triton. But it was a fairly small character, so he didn't have enough work to keep me busy all the time. So I did some work on Ariel as well.
0: That's shameful Ariel work.
1: Oh, it's awful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just dreadful. <laughs> right, well, where, where sh- give me a shot. <laughs> oh, there's one where she's like ducking behind the statue and goes, Daddy, I love him. And she looks like some sort of weird fish eyed, oh sort of wall eyed weird thing. That's
0: funny. Okay. <laughs> so then after that, you went to uh, Rescuers. It, you know, it's, it's moving smoothly, oh, but it's like. The spacing like, is beautiful. <laughs> it
1: doesn't look like her.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so after that, it was um, Rescuers Down Under. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then I think I started getting even more snippy and uh, juvenile (laughs) (laughs) around that time. And, um, you know, wanted to do a character, you know, at that time. And I think I really wanted to do McLeach. And I wanted to do, and I did a test of him. uh, And I think, and and quite rightly so, I got kind of the beat down (laughs) on that. (laughs) Which is when I got like, I don't want to work here anymore. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um,. And so (laughs) I started... uh, I actually kind of, like, put down my pencil for a while. Uh, It was so juvenile, jackass thing to do. Um, And said, I don't want to do this anymore. And, and like, you know, Tom Schumacher, I guess, for all his faults... (laughs) <laughs> didn't fire me <laughs> um, at that time. Um, but, you know, a guy let, let me come to my senses, and I, I ended up doing, um, you know, all these little bugs and mice and, and uh, just bits and pieces of, of other things, which was actually kind of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I did little shots of Joanna every now and then, uh, the lizard. and um, But mostly I did, like, little bugs. And uh, the little mice during the message montage, I did some of those. Uh, which were great to do, because it was straight out of Chris Sanders' boards. You mm-hmm. know, those designs are straight out off of Chris's board. And uh, that's always fun to draw Chris' oh, That's
0: stuff. why that uh, that guy at the monitor, doing the keyboard, yeah, is the, totally Chris Sanders Yeah, Roger Chasson did that shot, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, but I did some of those little guys waving their flags, and, and a couple of them at the telephone. and. And then I did these these bugs in the in the mice restaurant mm-hmm. on top of the chandelier. Did, did that Mater D guy and some of his little waiters. Well,
0: at that time, like who uh, was someone mentoring you or?
1: No, I was on my own at that really? time. Really?
0: Because I yeah. mean, I don't know. It's just yeah. hard for me to get because that was like your third film, yeah. And people still look at those shots for like reference, like framing frame That's by frame nice. through those shots because they're pretty incredible. So I
1: did go to Sean Keller to help me. With the design of that Mater D, yeah. Because all there was was the boards. They didn't do a design for him, and uh, so I had Chris's boards, and and um, but I'd, no, I wasn't confident designing a Disney character mm-hmm. at all. So I went to Sean, and uh, who I know has this sort of that he has that design stuff, that Disney stuff down pat. Yeah. So I went to him to help me out designing <laughs> that little bug guy. So he did a couple of faces for me and. Uh, so that worked out really good. I was, I think I was in, at that stage, I was really trying to to uh, hone in on some kind of workflow, some kind of method. Because, you know, I'd gotten kind of crazy on Little Mermaid. Um, uh, Roger Rabbit was different because it, you were drawing every frame, kind of, and and... Now I was sort of dealing more with, you know, having to... And we were doing a lot of our own cleanup on Roger Rabbit right? We were doing a lot of our... We were working clean. Okay. I hadn't didn't have a cleanup person. I worked clean okay. on Roger Rabbit So Little Mermaid was the first time I was having to hand my work off to a cleanup artist and, like, really st- try to st- start structuring keys and in-betweens for them. And I got a little astray and started doing that thing where you have, like... Oh, I need all this stuff to move, but it's going to move slightly differently in different timings. So I'm going to have his head move, you know, from frame. The keys are going to be on frame one and seven and 11. Oh, but the body keys are going to be on five and nine. And and then I'm going to have this hand, which is going to be totally separate. And I tried doing it, you know, with multiple charts on multiple drawings. I was getting like three or four charts on a drawing. And there was a stage where, what was her name? Karen Hildenberg? cleanup artist I think that's her name um, came to me and said I can't clean this up that you don't have a key drawing you don't have a complete drawing in the scene I can't do a complete drawing <laughs> there's uh-huh. no way, there's nowhere to start uh, oh yeah you're right <laughs> and when I look at some of the stuff I did on mermaid 2 you can really see that it's some of the Triton stuff is not it, he doesn't look connected because he's all on different timings, different yeah. charts, and his head isn't connected properly to his body, because <laughs> it's not meeting up properly. Yeah. You know, it might be spacing okay, but it's not. He's not a cohesive whole thing. Uh, so I was really trying to hone in on on a method where I could like, and I was going down to the morgue a lot at that time, uh, looking at Milt's stuff, uh, which I guess is another habit I in- inherited from Andreas. <laughs> Um and trying to figure out how this works, how did he structure this stuff because it's always so uh beautiful in terms of how it, it moves. Obviously it's great in terms of how it communicates. But I was trying to figure out how did he structure it because it it does look connected, it looks you know, grounded yeah. and and uh you know, solid and it doesn't <laughs> float all over the place in weird ways. <laughs> You know, So how did he do that? Um, so I was trying to figure that out for a while. And uh, the more scenes I got out of his and started flipping through them and trying to analyze, well, which drawing did he, did he do first? Or which, like, three drawings did he do first? And how did he break this down? Mm-hmm. Um, I started figuring out that he, he he just did more stuff himself and didn't rely on all the in-betweens to do it for him. So he's, I, I figured out that he was starting, that he he was... Doing big charts for like just the major body action or just the main action, because there's very rarely more than two charts on a milk drawing. Yeah. I mean, there's, sometimes there's two, but I'd be hard pushed to find three. You know, I'll guess maybe like once a movie you <laughs> might find him when he put three on. But it's always just like this main body action chart. And then he would go in and do all the extra stuff himself. Mm-hmm. You know, if something wasn't, didn't obey that chart, he would just draw it as a partial drawing right you know and and then have his assistants fill it in so i started doing that and i and i started doing it in like this this um this way where i would do like all the stuff that was not obeying the charts all the partial drawings in graphite and then i would fill in the in betweens in in a color whatever color i was using so anything that was obeying the chart i would in between you know in a color so that when it went to clean up they could tell what was chart what was what was on the chart and mm-hmm. so the stuff that they didn't actually have to pay much attention to it was just there for me to rough in between and then the stuff that was in graphite was gospel that was what it's supposed to be and it might not obey this chart mm-hmm. but that's the way you should do it
0: yeah it's a great method
1: it also has its pitfalls <laughs> because you know you can if you're doing partial drawings of things you can start uh again having it float away into space and not have it connect to the final drawing, you know, <laughs> so even as you're going along doing something flamboyant with a hand or a piece of drapery or something you've really got to pay attention to well what's the rest of the drawing going to look like and sketch in a little bit of it mm-hmm. so that it's not getting away from you right
0: right you know um did was it a hard transition to to switch your thinking that way to from like partials to full keys um or did or it was did you hard. just hard?
1: It was just gradual. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I think, like that's kind of how I learned. It was like, oh, I'm going to draw the body now, and then I'll yeah. go and add the head. You know, doing its thing. And, and right. you're right; it just doesn't connect. And sometimes I feel like that's happening a lot in CG uh, work that I see because you can because it's like the body is just sitting there mm-hmm. until you move. You know, mm-hmm. on a frame, it's just, it just waits for you. And mm-hmm. I think people, it's kind of I, not really literally the layering approach, but a lot of people mm-hmm. just do it piecemeal. Right. And I, I wish it was more like this is the, the pose and that's the pose and right. Right. Um, just seems clear to me, and um, so that's I,
1: what Milt did. He it was very pose oriented. He's the most pose oriented of, of all those guys.
0: But it doesn't always feel that way. It's amazing. It's yeah. uh, part of it. Yeah, the it's really clever. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: yeah, super clever.
0: Yeah, and like I've I've heard like some CG people saying, you know. We're we're trying to hide the hide the poses. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Hiding you know, that sounds crazy to me. It's like the, mm-hmm. the poses are what you're there for. I mean yeah. that's why I'm going to the movies, is to see the poses, you know. Yeah. I mean I so. know what
1: they mean. They're trying not to make it look like it's mechanical with a bunch of poses and some random in betweens. They're trying to make it look like it has intent. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the thing about Milt stuff is is that the you start to understand as you as you watch more of it. The, as he's animating, he's like three steps ahead of what he's actually drawing. You know, he's as he's drawing these keys, you know, he, I think he's constantly thinking about what's happening before and what's happening after. It's not a, it's not an isolated event at all. You know, so that when it comes to be broken down, you know, it does flow properly, and you, it doesn't look clunky and, like, super pose-to-pose pose in that way. Not that there's anything wrong with pose-to-pose. Pose, it's, it's a, you know... Especially in something like Bugs Bunny, it's that, it's exactly what you should do. It's just go boom, hit the pose and stay in the pose. You know. Mm-hmm. But even Milt's stuff in in I don't know what could you say Aristocats or something, where he's doing those humans and they're they're still done pose to pose, um, but in in a layering fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, where even though he's drawing a body and a head, he knows what that head has just done and what it's going to do as he's drawing it.
0: It's almost like... So a, it's in
1: the right place. It's
0: like a stop-motion mentality. A little bit, where yeah. Where they're like, okay, this frame is leading wherever they know it's going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah.
1: He's a couple of steps ahead. But even of by that time,
0: he struggles. was like... He wouldn't even shoot his stuff yeah. twice. I mean, he, he knew, knew, knew exactly what was oh, going to yeah. happen. yeah. He
1: wasn't shooting stuff. And also, um, very rarely you can find a milk ruff where he's actually erased something and put it in a different place. Mm-hmm. Like, he's done his, his keys and then... During the process of breaking it down and putting in the partial drawings, he's figured, oh, hmm, maybe actually that would be better over here. I just found a ticker shot like that where he'd move the arm around. It's actually, it's actually the hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, and he, uh-huh. the, the, the wind-up to that. Yeah. There are, a, there is a couple of keys where he's erased the arm. I no, that actually would be better over here. Hmm. When he's gotten to that point.
0: I like pre- pushing the key further kind of thing?
1: Yeah. Like he found, I think, during the breakdown process, oh, that would be better here. Hmm. You know, it's pretty rare, though. Yeah. All I'm hoping is that that the the lack of wrinkles on the paper is due to the fact that they've been kept in a folder for years, and not because they were never wrinkled. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Please, at least tell me he flipped it. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. In interviews or lectures, he always would say that he's better because he works harder than the other guys. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's <laughs> some weird modesty. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, he had some crazy weird tick in his head that just made him a machine. And, um, yeah. I mean, do you f- feel like you work hard? Is is it difficult? Yeah, I do.
1: I work really hard. Uh,
0: it's it's hard, yeah? It's <laughs> not mean, easy. It's going to make everyone feel better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's not easy. Oh, there's more sirens. Yeah, maybe the we should Sorry take a break.
0: Uh, but uh, you definitely, it, it is hard work for you. Is it... Um, do you feel, I mean, obviously you've got the fundamentals down. It's After a while, I've been telling people, like, you keep doing it long enough and you actually don't have to think about those things anymore. Yeah, um, you still have to think about do, it. But but, you do, but at least you know, like, you know where it's required.
1: Yeah, you've got an, a, a better shot at getting it right first time. <laughs> yeah, you've got a, a better shot at, at getting what you want. Um, yeah, without testing and and i guess that's one of the things i i don't I fear for the young animators because i think they're great but um i do encourage them to have the discipline not to you know to try and learn more by not constantly testing something yeah. just try every now and again not to test it and see what you get yeah and try and absorb that learning experience you know because it'll speed you up you know mm-hmm. to uh not be having to test every five minutes yeah
0: i mean i i Talk about this all the time with people about how the nine old men—they had like yeah. three days to wait for the shot to come back. It's horrifying. Whatever. <laughs> so, so they had to know what they were going to get. Yeah. And today, I, I just don't feel like that's the discipline that most people are ever going to get because it's just you have a computer Not there,
1: seriously imposing it on yourself. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: And I know it, you've talked about like knowing like which frame your your drawing is going to be on and just sticking to it. Yeah, you know. or trying to. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know that was always something that was difficult. Yeah, the amount me. of
1: planning. I think those guys would do is something that's really kind of gone by the wayside mm-hmm. because you can now jump in so quickly and start doing something, especially in CG you can start doing something and test it right away, you know, um, and you can animate by trial and error, which is a, not yeah. a good way to animate. Yeah. You know, not if you want to get something that really says something.
0: That concludes part one of my interview with James Baxter. We'll continue the interview on the next podcast. Your feedback is always welcome at animationpodcast.com and I appreciate all the feedback I've received over the last couple months because it really does keep me motivated to make more shows and it's always a nice reminder to see that people are getting excited about animation because of the podcast. Uh, As I said at the top of the show, I work at Disney and the first half of this year looks like it will be very busy for me so if you've sent me email... Or commented on the site, uh, know that I read everything, but a fast response may not be possible. So it's pretty much all I can do right now, just to get shows out. And um, I thank you for your understanding. If you don't hear back from me right away, before I go, I want to thank our sponsor, AnimationMentor.com, the online animation school. Go to their website at AnimationMentor.com and sign up for their monthly newsletter, so you're sure not to miss news of my exclusive podcast for them this year. That's all for now. So until next time, thanks for tuning in.